Hey everybody, welcome to the Cop House Podcast. I'm Doug and I'm the son. And I'm Ron, I'm the dad. This is a bi-weekly podcast that covers all things policing. We're a father and son combo with over 33 combined years of police experience. Our show will tackle anything and everything you could possibly think of regarding the great policing profession. Nothing is off limits. Welcome to episode three of the Cop House Podcast. We are two generations, one great calling. Yep. Make sure to follow us on social media. Uh, we're on Facebook, the Cop House Podcast, and on Instagram and Twitter, at Cop House Podcast. And you can find us on Apple, Spotify, Amazon, wherever you get your podcasts. Are we still investigating MySpace, or is that... No, I think, we're, I think we... Ruled that out? Yeah, I think we ruled oh, out MySpace. All right, hey. Yeah. What are we talking about today? Uh, so we're going to keep it a little lighter today. We had a pretty information-heavy episode last time. Oh, did I, I didn't notice. That was a great episode. But just to kind of have a little bit of variation here, we're going to have a little bit of a lighter one. We're going to talk about police, movies, and TV shows. Some of our favorites, some things that make some of them awful. Yeah. Well, <laughs> you know, before we jump right into that, Doug, maybe we should tell the audience, our, our faithful listeners, and we do appreciate you listening. I get... I hear, I'm sure you do too, you do too son, uh, get a lot of comments, some Facebook comments and people in person saying that they love the show. Appreciate you listening. So how, how we went about this was we decided on what we were not going to rate or what we we're not going to evaluate. Mm-hmm. So we wanted to stick to mun- shows and movies about municipal, county, or state police agencies. So things involving the feds are kind of out yeah um, you know the the fugitive that involves the u.s marshals silence of the lambs is that the involved, old harrison ford movie it fugitive? is okay. and silence of the lambs that was the fbi you know so i'm kind of dating myself here so so <laughs> movies involving the feds we, we kind of left off the table movies and movies or shows involving fictional investigative agencies like men in black although i i like the movie men in black oh it's hilarious wasn't a municipal county or state police department it was a specialty agency investigating outer space aliens so it didn't really count although we'll talk a little bit about reality shows like cops which all of us criminal justice dorks at msu used to get together on saturday night to watch cops <laughs> Yeah, I know. That's funny. Live PD, the first 48, kind of off the table. And finally, those movies and shows where the bad guys are kind of the focal point mm-hmm. and the cops are just kind of on the periphery. I, I think of Reservoir Dogs. A lot of cops in that movie. In fact, one of the undercover gangsters was LAPD, but wasn't really a police show. So that's kind of, would you agree that's kind of what we left off the table? Yeah, for the most part. A couple of my favorite ones, uh, especially that last thing you mentioned where like the uh, the bad guys are kind of the focus. A couple of mine have that, a couple of my favorites have that a little bit, mm-hmm. but none of them are like super focused on the bad guys. There's some of mine that are like kind of 50-50, like it kind of bounces back and forth, but we'll, I, we'll talk about it. Yeah, for sure. And you know, we did consider comedies like, Super Troopers, the other guys, Police Academy, the Naked Gun, <laughs> and and honestly, this was not off the table. Animated shows like Zootopia, or greatest cop movie of all time. Yes, but I, I don't think it made it into either of our top three. No, so, it did not. So what I mean, what do you want to start with? You want to start with going through our our each of our favorites and then kind of talk about some of the other ones that we wanted to bring up or do you want to do the other way around what well, are you thinking can, can i give a quick shout out to a couple people who took the time to respond to a social media post we yeah, just did sure you know we put it out on facebook and instagram uh about what today's show was going to be about and, and we said hey what, what's your favorite well i gotta tell you peter from instagram probably mm-hmm. had the most interesting post uh, or a response to the question Peter says he really enjoys a South Korean television show called Voice. I'd never heard of it, obviously not being from South Korea. It's in its fourth season. It's like the number one show in the nation of South Korea. The premise is it's a race against the clock to catch violent criminals using audio clues that come in through the dispatch center. That is an interesting and original premise. I mean, how many police shows here in America involve 
the 911 operators or the dispatch centers. And that's pretty much what the premise of this show is. So Yeah, it's an interesting thing to focus on. I mean, this stuff definitely applies. I've had cases where there's been stuff in maybe the 911 calls or, you know, conversations people have had with the dispatchers that have played a role in cases that I've dealt with, but yeah. it's kind of an interesting like focus of a show. Yeah, and that that appears to be from the research I did, the premise of the show. So, hey, Peter, thanks a lot for listening. Thanks a lot for responding. Mike on Facebook. Good buddy of mine. Good buddy of yours, and yeah. I've met Mike. Mike on Facebook listed uh, The Untouchables as his favorite movie. Yep. And for reasons I just named, that's primarily federal law enforcement. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not sure it's going to make our top three. We'll see. It's a good uh, movie, though. Very good movie. But then Mike, Doug, you're not going to like this. I, I saw the comment. Yeah, yeah Mike... <laughs> When referring to the movie End of Watch... Which is probably the most popular recent police movie. I think it's in your top three, if I'm not it mistaken. Is. Yeah, I, it is. I love that it, movie. It might even be towards... The, well, I don't want to ruin it. I don't want to give a spoiler <laughs> here. When referring to the movie End of Watch, Mike refers to it as flaming rubbish. <laughs> Doug, how do you feel about that? Flaming rubbish from your our, your good buddy and our, our friend of the show, Mike. going to have to respectfully disagree, but I would be curious. I'm going to text him later. I'm going to see what he says, what his reason for that is, just because I'm curious. Yeah. Okay. So <laughs> we broke this up into small screen and big screen. Small screen being you know, for, for a guy like me, the, the older guy, the dad of the show, those shows that appeared on network television, NBC, ABC, CBS, and then the streaming services. So that's, that's what we're calling small screen shows. Mm -hmm. And then the big screen, that's, that's obviously movies you go see in the theater. Should we talk just briefly about the criteria we use to evaluate our shows? Now, this wasn't a formal scientific process, but we, we talked about this. We don't have a spreadsheet. No, we talked about this over Thanksgiving though, when we got together, we, we kind of looked at our shows based on how realistic they were, mm-hmm. how cringeworthy they were. And if for the police officers who are listening in the audience right now, I think you know what we mean when we say cringeworthy. You watch a police show and you're just like, Ugh, that would never happen. That would never happen. Which, and quick side note on that. Yeah. My wife gets very upset with me when we watch anything police mm-hmm. re- related mm-hmm. together because if there's something that's super cringeworthy, I'll say something and she'll go, shut up. It's just right. a show. Just watch. Just watch. Right, right. So re- <laughs> realism, cringeworthiness, and then overall entertainment value. And I got to tell you, sometimes, sometimes the entertainment value can override the cringeworthiness of it. Yeah. And, you know, you might, as a, as a police officer, you might be thinking, oh, that's just awful. But if it's entertaining, hey, it, it might bump it up a little bit. Which the other thing we mentioned too is un, like unrealistic doesn't necessarily mean cringeworthy. Right. Yeah. Indeed. Uh, can I give a quick example of something that's cringeworthy to me? Yeah. Generally speaking, I like the show Law & Order. Not not all the the new ones you know special victims and uh, talking about the you know, original the, the original not the order. dog catchers and all that other stuff that they <laughs> branched off i'm talking about the original but occasionally that show in my opinion gets a little cringeworthy especially with the witty banter that goes back and forth between like the lead homicide detective and the prosecutor and they kind of dig at each other i'm like that would never really happen yeah and, you know, i'll see you in court i mean just Garbage like that is just so cringeworthy, I yeah. think. So that's that's kind of what I mean by cringeworthy. Yeah. So let's get to the... But re- oh, go ahead. You had, you had a butt for that, I believe. Uh, it's, but, an, it's entertaining. Right, yeah. It didn't make my top three, but it is the entertainment value of that show. I, I, can, I can gut through the cringeworthiness of it. Because it's entertaining. Indeed. Yeah. All right. All right. So <clears throat> shall we get to the previews? Or to the to the reviews. How how do you want to do this? You, um, um, I, I, here in the stack, <laughs> I took some notes and I and I've got your top three mm-hmm. for the small screen, and I've got your top three for the big screen. Same with me, and I have them in reverse order. I don't know if we're going to have enough time to do all three of them. But let's, let's do let's do small screen, small screen, big okay. screen, big screen. Okay. So we'll all right. do all the small screen ones first. I don't know if you want to go first with your favorites or if you want me to. Well, why don't you go go first? Um, you had at number three. It's right there on the stack mm-hmm. uh, for the small well, screen. I didn't have these in any oh, pati- you didn't. particular order. Okay, when you texted them to me, I thought they were in order. No, they so, were they were in no particular order. Okay. Um, 
So my, my three favorite small screen ones, my three favorite cop shows would be True Detective. Uh, Which season? Particularly season one. Okay. So True Detective is an anthology style show right. where each season is completely independent of each other. Like each season is a different cast, different time period, different... Um, they're standalone. Yeah, completely, yeah, yeah. Each season is basically a mini series. So, particularly season one, I've seen season two. It's good, but doesn't hold a candle to season one. I have not even bothered to watch season three. Okay. So, season one is Matthew McConaughey and Woody Harrelson. Right. Are these two detectives in the deep south down in Louisiana, and it's this crazy conspiracy plot, and it's super dark, like Southern Gothic style, and it's awesome. It I, is, I've watched. It is awesome. I've watched that whole season, just season one, probably five times. And I'll tell you, True Detective season one also made it into my top three for the small screen. Yeah. So when it comes to, you know, one thing I love about this podcast, the Cop House podcast is we've got the old guy perspective. We got the young guy perspective. Yeah. Which you actually introduced me to that. We are in lockstep agreement on True Detective season one. Yeah. I've never seen season two because... I can't force myself to watch it because I'll always be comparing it to, to it's, season one. It's pretty good. It's not nearly as good as season one, but it, it is. It's still good. It's still very entertaining. Um, uh, yeah, you actually you actually introduced me right. to True Detective. The first time I watched it was your second time watching it. We should watch it together. Gotcha. Yep. So, in terms of our our three criteria: entertainment mm -hmm. value, cringeworthiness, and realism. Realism. What? Where, where do you land on those three? I, I don't think it's like super realistic, but I mean, it's not like crazy way off either. It's It shows, I think, a lot of the uh, kind of the nuts and bolts of like the investigative work. It's a lot of them going around, driving around and talking to people mm -hmm. to try to build this case. Yep. And, you know, it's just the stuff they find out about this case. It's it's so well written. The dialogue is yes. super interesting. Um do you have any thoughts on the realistic well, side of that? There, there's parts of it that are just, uh, it, they're entertaining. Yeah. I won't even say it's cringeworthy, but completely unrealistic. You know? But it doesn't, but it's somehow at the same time not cringeworthy. No, it's not. And I don't know how they pull that off. For, just as an example, Detective Rust Cole. Okay. Matthew McConaughey. Yep. He plays this, this burnt out, uh, formerly substance addicted uh, um, police homicide detective mm -hmm. and in order to catch the bad guy he goes undercover and he's he's just he's doing drugs with his motorcycle gang yeah and he helps them pull off this armed robbery and i mean it's it let's be honest it's a little unrealistic <laughs> yeah in that you'd be hard-pressed to find a detective that would do it i think the reason it doesn't cross into cringeworthy though is because they don't depict it like oh yeah this is what detectives do it's like no this is this one absolutely off the rails character what he's doing they yes. don't try to portray it like hey this is how detective work is right you do drugs with motorcycle gangs right and pull off armed robber they don't try to pass it off as hey this is what all detectives do. Right, right. And I think that's why, I think they keep it out of the cringeworthy realm. Mm -hmm. No, that's a great point. I think. And Woody Harrelson and Matthew McConaughey, they are just incredible together. I, uh, we can't say enough good things about season one of True Detective. Right. If you haven't seen it, watch it. Watch it. I think it's on HBO. Can, can I confess something here? As long as, our, as long as our audience doesn't share this and, and, well, I don't care if they share it. I'm just kidding. When... <laughs> When True Detective season one came out, I was actually working as a detective, uh -huh. detective sergeant for my former agency, and the the character Detective Rust Cole in the show. Do you remember what they called him? Uh, the, the 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 nickname that some people had for him. They they called him the the tax man. Oh yeah, because yeah. he carried a ledger around with him, and he carried this big ledger with him, and he would write all of his his case notes in this huge ledger that yeah. he carried around with him. And these big like elaborate sketches. Right. I I went out and bought a ledger. Oh, you was, nerd! I know. <laughs> Isn't that ridiculous? <laughs> I wanted the guys to call me tax man. <laughs> I have one too that I use for my fire investigation stuff. Right. <laughs> yeah. I, I tried to become Rust Cole. Minus the, the doing drugs with the motorcycle yeah, yeah, minus gangs. Minus that part, of course. Yes. But anyways, so True Detective season one, I mean, the realism rating, I mean, we're not putting numbers on it, but it's their investigative work, pretty realistic. Some of the more 
dramatic stuff is very unrealistic, but they don't try to portray, they don't try to portray it as like, this is what detectives do. So it really doesn't cross into that cringeworthy. I, I don't think there's any cringeworthy. There's not really many cringeworthy parts to it. No, I would agree. And it is probably easily the most entertaining piece of police media that I've ever seen. Okay. I mean, it's, and it's, I don't think it's even close. So here we are. You've named one of yours from the small screen. Yep. And it depicts the Louisiana State Police. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, these these two detectives. Yep. So let me do one of mine. Okay. From the small screen. To Which that took one of your small screen ones, right? Because that was one of your favorites as well. It it yes it did. Okay. Yeah, uh, True Detective season one was my number two. Okay. So let me do my number three. Okay. So we'll I'll kind of save my number one for the end, but I'm the old guy. So my my number three, we have to go out to the West Coast, to the LAPD, and it was a show that was on NBC from 1968 to 1975, (laughs) and it depicts a seasoned police officer for LAPD, Officer Pete Malloy, and his young trainee, uh, who is in what we now call nowadays FTO, Field Training Officer role, uh, Officer Jim Reed, and the show's Adam 12. I, Doug, it's such, it's a fantastic show. I don't know how much of it you've ever watched. I've seen like bits of it when I was a kid. I I think you, you know, whatever station we had that played the old shows, I think it would, it would play it and uh, I would probably watch it with you. I don't really remember it too much because it's probably been since I was a kid since I've watched it with you, but I have seen it. Yeah. What I like about this show, I love the back and forth between Officer Pete Malloy and Officer Jim Reed. Pete Malloy plays your stereotypical very realistic he does it very well he plays the seasoned cynical street cop and he Mm -hmm. does it very well jim reed plays the 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 freshly scrubbed bright-eyed idealistic police officer right out of the academy and the two of them do that they pull that off so well now i think the reason this show is done so well is because there were lapd um advisors on the show in fact, often if you ever if you've ever watched this show, you'll hear the dispatcher say one Adam twelve, one Adam twelve. Well, that was that's actually realistic. The 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 number one in one Adam twelve, the number one indicated that they worked the central division for L.A. downtown mm-hmm. or the, or the you know the near Hollywood, but more the downtown. <clears throat> so that's what the one meant. Adam meant that they were a two man unit. And 12 was their car number. So one Adam 12, I mean, that that's that's realistic stuff there. And they, they did have police advisors for LAPD on the show. Um, another thing I like about the show, Doug, is it depicts them going on the most mundane, boring calls, which that is patrol work. If you haven't listened to episode one of the Cop House podcast, go back and give a listen. Doug and I, we spent time talking about patrol, the uniformed police officer going on the most mundane calls. Sure, they go out on a lot of armed robberies, but they're also going out on the nonviolent family troubles. They're going out on the 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 missing kid or the runaway kid or the neighbor complaint. They're I mean, not they're not getting in shootouts on every call. No, yeah. it, in in fact, there might be entire episodes where there's no gun violence involved, mm-hmm. and I I think that's great. So realistically, it they nailed it. Entertainment value nailed it. Cringeworthiness, eh, occasionally, you know. I, Doug, how do you feel every time you see a TV cop or a movie cop arrest somebody and immediately read him his Miranda rights? That can be a little cringeworthy. A little bit. Yeah. Yeah. Because- and it's and it's also funny too because, <clears throat> um, I've arrested people who have insisted that I have to read them to them. I'm like, that's not how that works. Because I saw it on TV. Yeah. Right. Yeah, right. So. <laughs> Adam 12, that was my number three. I, I know we're we're trying to get all these in in the amount of time that we've allotted for ourselves here, but just a quick thing about that. How much of uh, the, for that show specifically, some of the cringeworthy stuff do you think comes from like the time period? Because it's an older show, so stuff that like maybe as a cop now, you might be like, oh, that, that would never happen. How much of that maybe would have happened in like the late 60s, early 70s? That's a great point. Uh, the show started in 1968, 
the case involving Miranda v. Arizona, where mm-hmm. we get our where we get the Miranda rights, the right to an attorney, the right to remain silent, mm-hmm. you know, those Fifth and Sixth Amendment rights out of the Constitution, though that case would have come out in the mid to late '60s. That Miranda, that Miranda Supreme Court case. Mm-hmm. Would they have immediately read it upon arresting a suspect? I, I don't know. I, I'm not that old. Okay. <laughs> well, all right. So we going back to back to me? Sure. Yeah. All right. I don't know. You know, I don't know if you want to jump to your number one or if we want to just keep plugging away. Well, at my this. number one was True Detective. Oh. I started with number one. Gotcha. Okay, cool. Yeah, so I'm going top down here. My number two is going to be Southland, which is a... Uh, actually another LAPD show. Mm-hmm. That one's uh, very LAPD focused. It's been a while since I've watched it. Like I couldn't really give you, oh, you have right here in the stack. You have some of the. Yeah, I, I got some of the stats here. Yeah, you got, uh, and I think, you know, in hindsight, I think Southland actually takes a lot of influence probably from Adam 12. Really? Because um, you have uh, the FTO, which mm-hmm. is officer John Cooper. Field training officer. Yep, yep. yep. Mm-hmm. And then you have his his uh trainee which is officer ben sherman mm-hmm. and uh it's kind of the same thing the fto the older guy he's kind of the hardened you know street cop and then you have the the bright-eyed new guy right out of the academy and it's just kind of their adventures being lapd cops and the cool thing about that show too <clears throat> it looks like in the little synopsis here that you typed up it just talks about them but there's a lot more characters than just them right southland bounces around with different like sets of characters almost and sometimes they overlap but most often not so like you have uh john cooper and ben sherman they're the fto and new guy but then you also have uh some detectives that are partnered and they'll be working cases and uh just some other characters that are you know kind of ancillary to that and there's just different sets of characters that almost star and uh it it bounces back and forth between them sometimes there's overlap like sometimes you'll have an episode that's more focused on what the detective partners are doing, hmm. but sometimes it overlaps. Like they'll come out to a scene that maybe John Cooper and Ben Sherman have gotten the initial call to. So there's a little bit of overlap. It's you've, you've never watched Southland. Have you? I never have. No, you and, should. And this was Very on good. from 2009 to 2013 started on NBC and then TNT picked it up and yep. it's uh, second through fifth seasons. Um, it's, it's phenomenal. Okay. It's, good. it's, it, uh, realist realism. Um, it's been a while since I watched it, so mm-hmm. I don't want to say anything that's untrue about it, but I, I have definitely watched it since being involved in police work mm-hmm. and I don't remember anything specifically that I was like, oh, that would never happen. Okay. I mean, I'm sure there was some stuff, um, but it was, it's pretty, pretty right on. Like you said, and I do think it probably drew a lot from Adam 12. Okay. Um, it does show a lot of them going to mundane. some of the more mundane calls. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, the, I just lost track of the category. It realism, oh, cringe, 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 yeah, yeah. yeah. And um, entertainment value. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So the cringe worthiness, um, sometimes it got a little cringe worthy when they started going off and, and, uh, they would have segments where they'd be talking about some of the characters personal lives sometimes they got a little cringeworthy okay i think it was mostly because didn't really care about it as much it's like oh no let me see the case they're working on Mm -hmm. but uh entertainment value i mean it was uh, it's another phenomenal show it's great cool highly recommend it you should watch it i should i don't know where you find it nowadays but sure you can find it somewhere somewhere yeah Okay, so my number one, we've covered my number three, Adam 12. My number two Mm -hmm. was True Detective Season 1, which you and I agreed on. But it was number one for you. My number one, again, I'm the old guy, I'm the dad, (laughs) is Barney Miller. This show was on for eight seasons from 1975 to 1982 on ABC. It depicts the New York Police Department. So, you know, you and I, with our with our shows here, we spend a lot of time out on the West Coast, LAPD. This is NYPD. This is the 12th Precinct, which is set in Greenwich Village. And it depicts the Detective Bureau, the, the, the 12th Precinct Detective Bureau. Barney Miller plays the captain in charge of... I don't. I never quite picked up if he was in charge of the whole precinct or if he was just in charge of 
the detective bureau. Because the show pretty much just focuses on the detective bureau, right? It does. Okay. It does. Yep. Uh, occasionally, you'll see a uniformed officer, a patrol officer, come into the detective bureau, which is up like on the fifth floor mm-hmm. of this fictional 12th precinct station. Mm-hmm. Um, f- entertainment value. It's funny. The, the, it is more of a comedy, isn't it? it oh, it, it's totally a sitcom. Okay. It was a All half right. hour sitcom. And the, but the cast of characters they bring through, a lot of famous people started, got their start on Barney Miller. Okay. And they'd come in as like some drunk or some, uh, a homeless person or some armed robbery suspect. And they, they got their start on Barney Miller and they went on to be famous. You know, I, right now I can't think of anyone, but, <laughs> but I know they did take my word for it. Yeah. Um, Google it. That's right. Or tweet us. Realistic. <laughs> Okay, here's where I'm gonna. I'll talk about where it was very realistic, and I'll talk about where the realism kind of broke down and almost went into cringeworthiness. Quick, uh, just context thing here. I have seen Barney Miller. I know I've watched it with you before. It's been a while. Hmm. Um, correct me if I'm wrong. That show pretty much entirely takes place in their detective's office. That's correct? right. Yes. Okay. You very rarely see them outside of the. The office. Okay. Now, in this in this fiction in this office, they're they're set. You have all the detectives with all their individual desks, no cubicles. They're just mm-hmm. working in these open air desks. There's a lockup right there with within just a couple feet of one of the desks. Mm-hmm. I don't know how realistic that is. And then the captain, the boss, Barney Miller, he has his own office, and then there's a couple restrooms that you never see. So that that's the set. And yeah, that's the, it, almost, I would say, 95% of the show takes place in that on that set. Okay. Yeah, I mean, and I think that's just kind of that sitcom format, too. Right. So. Yep. so let me tell you where the realism is good. The realism is good in that it depicts these guys hanging around, being cops, making fun of each other talking trash to each other, telling (laughs) jokes. I mean, watching this show makes me think of my old days in the squad room or the duty room of the Wixom police station. Yeah. I I mean, it, it's good. Uh, It's funny. Hal Linden plays Barney Miller, Abe Vigoda. Um, some of you who might not know who Abe is, he was recently in a Snickers commercial where, uh, you know, you know, that, um, Ah, never mind. Abe Vigoda, he's an old-time actor. He was in The Godfather. He was in The Godfather. He plays one of the old salty detectives. But realistically, this is what cops do. They sit around. They work on their reports. They make fun of each other. They talk trash to each other. It, It was incredibly realistic. Let me tell you where the realism breaks down and almost goes into cringeworthiness. But not quite? Not quite. Okay. All right. I'll, I'll let it slide because of the entertainment value. <clears throat> the dispatch center would call the detective bureau there where they were working to give them a call for service. So the phone would ring. One of the detectives would pick it up. Detective Harris, 12th precinct. And you'd see him writing on a piece of paper. Got it. He'd hang up the phone and he'd go, yeah, we got an armed robbery at 123 Main Street. And... Barney would say, Harris, you and you and Wojo, take it. And off they'd throw on their trench coats and off they'd go. Mm-hmm. Uh, almost as though they were the first responding officers to this armed robbery. And you never see patrol. So, But you never see the scenes either. You never right? see the scenes. But then the detectives always come back with the guy in custody. Huh. Okay. So, I, hey. I've never worked for a big department like you have, Doug. I've mm-hmm. ne- you know, I've never worked for a larger agency. I've never, certainly never worked or even seen NYPD, the New York City Police Department, in action. Particular in the, particularly in the 80s. Right, yeah, yeah in the 70s and 80s. But I'm, I'm having a hard time believing that detectives respond as first responders to an armed robbery, and I'm really having a hard time believing that they bring the suspect back and book him. And yeah. take his fingerprints and his his mugshot and do the interview. I, it just, I think the realism breaks down a little bit there, but it's so entertaining. Mm-hmm. I it it's my number one. Yeah, I like I said, it's been a while since I've seen it, but I do remember it being quite funny. Yeah, awesome, and it has perhaps the greatest intro ever 
for any show. I, I if we weren't going to be violating any copyright stuff, I would. I thought about playing it for you, but yeah. if you're familiar with Barney Miller, you're probably humming it in your head right now. It's that opening bass line. Yeah, I, I could hum it, but but I won't. So <laughs> you can look it up on YouTube. I probably will after this, just because it's been a while. So. Right. Um, okay. So moving on, I know we kind of went in opposite. You went um, third to first. I went first to third. So my third uh, favorite for small screen is going to be Fargo, Um, particularly the first season. Fargo, much like True Detective, is an anthology style show Hmm. where um, every season is like a miniseries. It's completely self-contained. Each season... I think it does have more recurring characters than mm. True Detective does. Okay. But each season is pretty much its own. You you could watch one any given season and it would be pretty much independent. You'd get the gist of it. Um, you know, minus some maybe side plot things with the characters' personal lives. So we're not talking about the movie Fargo. Right. Which so it came is out first. The movie. The movie came out in the nineties. Okay. Um and, I don't and, know the year, but it's based on it. Okay. It so, is based on it. And Fargo, the TV series, looking for, at my notes here, was 2014 to present. Yeah. So they kind of sporadically punk crank these seasons out on FX. Yeah. And if I'm not mistaken, they're not like super consistent. They'll have a season and there'll be like three years without one. Yes, and then, that, yeah. That's what I saw in my research. Yeah. So yeah. I've only ever actually seen the first season. Okay. Um, but you loved it. I did. Yeah. I loved it a lot. Um, it is based loosely on the movie Fargo, the Coen Brothers movie from the 90s. Okay. Um, which I don't know if I've ever actually seen the movie. Hmm. I've seen bits and pieces of the movie. I've never watched it straight through. I know there's some characters from the movie that make it into the show, but I don't I don't even think it's the same actors though. Well, I think Billy Bob Thornton was in the movie as well as the sh- the show. I could be. I know. I know he's in the show. I I truly do not know about the movie. Okay. Anyways, the the show loosely based on the uh, movie of the same name. Um, you have some real small town cops in Minnesota and North Dakota. Uh, your notes. I see it says Missouri, but I th- I'm guessing that's a later season because I, I actually rewatched the first season mm-hmm. fairly recently. There's no. I don't think there's any Missouri angle to it, but you have this, uh, and this is what we we're talking about kind of towards the beginning where some of my picks were, uh, not focused on the, the bad guys, but they definitely were a large part of it. And it was almost equal parts like okay. following the bad guys and the cops. So you have Billy Bob Thornton, who is like, I guess you'd call him like a hitman hmm. for some crime signature for some, uh, crime syndicate, some organized crime organization, out of uh fargo uh fargo north dakota Mm -hmm. and um it his adventures in crime take him to um minnesota and he ends up basically being investigated by um some real small town police department Mm -hmm. in in uh minnesota there okay and uh it's very it's got kind of like a real screwy all over the place plot, kind of like True Detective does. There's a lot of conspiracy stuff going on, and mm-hmm. it's uh, very entertaining. Okay. Um, How about realis- realism, cringeworthiness? It sounds like it. Enter- <clears throat> it sounds like you were entertained. Oh, so very much. So that's good. Yeah. How about the other two categories? Realism. Um, I would say from the police side, it's not super unrealistic. It's a lot of uh, showing kind of their investigative legwork and them trying to piece things together from different interviews and and i know at one point the uh what is the the main cop's name uh i don't know deputy solverson she she's the she's the main uh cop in bemidji minnesota and uh she basically is the only one who's catching on to this whole big crime conspiracy with the with the organized crime angle and like kind of nobody believes her that she's onto it and she's basically trying to figure it out by herself, which that I guess is kind of unrealistic. It, it yeah. definitely it definitely depicts her whole. De- it definitely depicts her entire department as being complete useless idiots, except for her. <laughs> she's got this board with like yarn all over it and okay. pictures of people, and she's gotcha. like she's trying to figure this out, and she's she's onto it. But like, and you, the audience, you know she's onto it because you're also getting the angle from the bad guys, right? Um, but 
nobody in her department believes her. Or a larger agency because she works for, you, didn't you say a small, small Bemidji, municipal? Minnesota, which okay. I don't know if that's a real town or not. I, I don't either, I but don't. I'm guessing it's not a major metropolis in oh, the no. show. So her department's like five people. Going back to episode two that we just did on the I-96 shooter, is it realistic to think that one lone police officer in a tiny police department is going to be taking down this large cartel-like in another state syndicate in another state without any help from the minnesota state police the north dakota highway patrol the fbi probably not so realistically pretty low in that category maybe i would say some of the circumstances cross into unrealistic but what i don't think is super unrealistic is her like police work Okay. Like her, her legwork and her investigation. I don't think that's way off the mark, but some of the circumstances surrounding it, like you said, pretty unrealistic. Her actual investigative work and like her day to day, I don't think it was way off. Okay. Um, cringeworthy. I, no, I, I can't think of anything cringeworthy from it. Okay. Um, cool. uh, mostly because like her day to day stuff wasn't unrealistic. You know, some of the circumstances were unrealistic, but the, individual actions of the characters aren't super unrealistic um at least from the police side i've never been a hitman for an organized crime syndicate that i'm aware of right yeah and i've known you for a little while yeah just a while so um i don't know how realistic that guy billy bob thornton's actions are okay but um it's very entertaining it's uh this whole conspiracy and everything and how she's like trying to figure it out it's very entertaining. I wish I could give a little more insight into how it relates to the movie of the mm. same name, mm-hmm. but I, I have never seen it. Okay. Um, but yeah, uh, I've never seen any of the other seasons. That's just season one. I believe there's some recurring characters, but um, uh, I'm not sure. Okay. Great, great show, though. Excellent. Season you're right, one. You ready to head over to the big screen? Let's do it. All right. I'm going to, in the interest of time, I'm going to skip my number three. Okay. And I'm going to go right to my number two. You and I talked about this as we were kind of prepping for this show. And I think we were in disagreement as to whether or not this was a police show. But because I'm the co-producer of the show. I think you thought we were in disagreement. You 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 said something about it like I disagreed with you. And I, I don't think I did. Oh, okay. Yeah, maybe I, maybe I, I was did. just trying to pick a fight. Yeah, that could it's be. It's very possible. Sure. Okay. My number two. You always fighting. <laughs> my number two is Tombstone, released in 1993. Now, some of you right now just went, <gasps> I heard an audible gasp from the audience, and they said, Ron, that is a Western. That is not a police show. <laughs> to which I will quote Doc Holliday and say, I beg to differ, sir. <laughs> I beg to differ, sir. <laughs> Tombstone has a city police officer in it, the Mm -hmm. town marshal. Yep. It has a county sheriff in it, and it also has a U.S. marshal. Now, I know I'm kind of breaking one of our rules at the beginning that said we were not going to do movies about the feds, but... There are rules. You can do what you want. There are rules. We can break them. But this, this, this movie, although it is a Western, has a county sheriff in it. And a town marshal, which is the modern day equivalent yeah. of a, a city cop. I think you made me watch this movie with you when I was about five. Did I? Probably. Did it scar you? No, great okay, movie. Good. Great movie. Oh, great movie. Doesn't so, make it into my top few police movies, but right. it is in my top few favorite overall movies. All right. Well, I I even have here in my notes, I'm not sure this is a police movie per se, but I'm going to go with it. Kurt Russell, <laughs> Val Kilmer, Sam Elliott. Bill Paxton, oh my goodness, four powerhouse actors. Kurt Russell plays Wyatt Earp, Val Kilmer plays Doc Holliday. Holy cats. Is Real he, life people too. Is, oh yeah, yeah, for yeah. sure. And this involves Kurt Russell coming to town with his two brothers, the the Earp brothers, Kurt Russell, Sam Elliott, Bill Paxton, they're the three Earp boys. Yeah. They come to town. Kurt Russell's a, a retired or a former U.S. deputy marshal. Mm-hmm. He comes to town. All he wants to do is gamble, open up a saloon, and make money. Well, these bad guys, called the Cowboys, yep. these bad guys are destroying this town. They end up killing... Tombstone, Arizona. Tombstone, Arizona. Yep. They end up killing the town Very marshal. Very cosmopolitan. Very cosmopolitan. Sorry. <laughs> they end up killing the town marshal, or the, the city cop. They end up terrorizing the women and children. Finally, Kurt Russell 
and Sam Elliott and Bill Paxton, they, they can't take it anymore. So they, uh, they get sworn in as the town marshal. Uh, Val Kilmer plays kind of this friend of the Earp boys, but he's, he's on the fringe of also being kind of a bad guy himself. Yeah. Some of the greatest lines in movie cinema history. Oh I'm yeah. Your, I'm your Huckleberry. I mean, yeah. just, just good stuff. Good movie. You're a daisy if you do. Let's talk about realism. Was it realistic back in the 1800s? I would say probably. That was probably Western criminal justice back in the 1800s. And part of the realism, too, is most of the characters in the show and most of the events in the show actually happened. Yes, the shootout at the OK Corral. Yeah. That actually took place. Yes. And back in the 1800s, you could kill a bad guy with impunity. I I mean, it just... Yeah, yeah. Is it realistic by 2023 standards? No, but it's not a 2023 movie. It's a movie from the 1800s. It's set in the 1800s. Entertainment value? Wow. It's so entertaining, (laughs) so funny. I mean, there's just funny parts to it. Cringeworthiness? I can't think of anything. (laughs) No. Great movie. No, it is is a great movie. I think on the realism side, though, I think I read into it uh, one time. Uh, There's a couple things that they did kind of skip on that actually happened. Uh, I believe there was another Earp brother that they just skipped altogether. And I don't know why they did that. Maybe just for time or didn't play as big of a role. But I, there's definitely some historical parts that aren't realistic by the standards of what actually happened. Right. But, I mean, great movie. Great movie. So that's my number two for the big screen. Doug, big screen, what do you got? Uh, I'm trying to see. Which one? Did you cut off your... Uh, I cut off my number three, just okay. in the interest of time. All right, let me see here. Do you have, you know what? I, you know what? When I think I'm going to cut off because I think it's on your, on oh. yours too. Do you have? Do you have LA Confidential on yours? I do. All right, so I'll cut LA Confidential off of my top three because you're going to talk about it anyways. We'll both talk about it because it made both of our lists. Okay, so LA Confidential so, did make my list, but yep. we'll come back to that because I'll, I'll cut that off mine because okay. we both had it. Yeah. Um. I don't know if I have a particular order for these, uh, so I'll just I'll just pick one. Um, End of Watch is probably the most. That's got to be the most popular police movie of probably the last fifteen years, if I had to guess. Facebook Mike called it flaming rubbish. Yeah, defend it, Doug. My 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 good buddy. Yes, <laughs> face. I'm gonna call him Facebook Mike from this point forward. Sure, sure. He called it flaming rubbish. I I you got to defend it. Go. I. I just think it's a, I just think it's a good movie. I don't, I don't really have a defense because I don't know why he thinks it's flaming rubbish. I'm gonna, I'll, I'll hit him up later. Right. Um, but uh, it's it's another LAPD, uh, not show. This one's a movie, but it's it's right. about LAPD and you got two cops who are partners. Uh, you got Jake Gyllenhaal as Officer Brian Taylor and Michael Pena as uh, Officer Mike Zavala, and they're partners, and it's kind of their adventures with the LAPD at first but then they end up kind of stumbling into this bigger uh case that has to do with the with like Mexican cartels and uh it ends up getting them into some serious problems because the cartels now have it out for these two guys specifically Mm. um realism I think it hits a lot of the same points as like Southland and Adam 12 where it shows them you know they have the big crazy shootout calls but they also go to like noise complaints and okay. stuff like that so i mean the day-to-day police work i mean it it's a movie they definitely have stuff that's more dramatic i know there's one part where they get into it with this guy and uh he's talking a bunch of trash to them and he's like oh take take your belt and badge off and, and fight me like a man and he does it uh, which uh, that is cringe. not realistic and it's pretty cringeworthy cringy. But that's the only thing that jumps to mind that's like super cringeworthy about that movie. In the six years you've been a cop, Doug, how many times have you had a prisoner tell you, if you didn't have that badge on, blah, blah, blah? A bunch of times. However, yeah. what I've never done is taken it off and and uh, bare knuckle boxed them. Right. Yeah. So. And <laughs> I, I did a 27-year career in policing and yeah multiple times if you didn't have that badge on yeah and and i policed back in the 90s when, right. when maybe i could have gotten away with it right, i don't right. know but but i never took the badge off and you know yeah went, went 15 rounds with the guy in the, in the booking area of the police station right so, yeah. yeah so i mean that part unrealistic 
little cringeworthy. Entertainment value for for the movie is great. I'm not going to give any spoilers, but they they end up seriously crossed with this uh, cartel who has it out for them um, because of you know just doing good patrol work. They oh. stumbled into some pretty major cases okay. involving you know drugs and human trafficking and stuff like that, um, and they they find themselves crossed with this cartel. And uh, I, I'm not going to give any spoilers on it. I, I know Mike thinks it's awful. Flaming rubbish. Flaming rubbish. Facebook to be, to be yes. exact. Right. But uh, it's, it's uh, I think it's a great movie. Okay. It's, it's very, very entertaining. I don't think the realism is way off, at least in terms of the patrol. So in terms of their patrol work, I don't think that the realism is way off in terms of this whole finding themselves crossed with the cartel and stuff like that. I've never worked anywhere down on the southern border. I don't know how any of that works. I, you know, they might put out hits on cops who cause them problems. Okay. I don't know, um, but I do think it's a very entertaining movie. That came out in what? 2012? 2012. 2012. Eleven years ago. That's probably the most, uh, probably the most well-known cop movie of the last 15 years. I think um, I had already seen it hmm. at when I went through the academy, but I think our academy instructors actually told us to watch it. Okay, so. You tried to convince me to watch it as homework in preparation for this episode. And, and I, you didn't. And I didn't. No. <laughs> Are you going to at some point? No. No, I, I probably will. I probably, <laughs> I probably will. Uh, I believe also, last thing on End of Watch. Yeah. Uh, just because you mentioned it for Adam 12. I Don't quote me, but I believe I remember reading somewhere that they also had LAPD advisors for that show. You heard it, folks. Doug is swears that they had LAPD no, advisors. No, don't quote me. Don't quote me. I just I, quoted you. I, I think so. And I believe they also had the two leads. I think they had them ride with actual LAPD cops on ride-alongs for cool. a good amount of time before they filmed it. Um, again, I could be wrong. Could be thinking of something completely different, but I thought I remember reading that. One thing... and Should have looked it up. But. We, we, you and I both small screen and big screen, we have several LAPD shows on both of our lists yeah. for big and small screen. LAPD has, you know, it's had its fair share of scandals over the years, uh, much like all large police departments. But oh, yeah. the LAPD does a really good job of managing its image. And, yeah. And yeah. This, this could be an, an episode in and of itself, public information, image management. Yeah. But the LAPD, uh, the bosses... They do not seem to like it when their department is misrepresented because going as far back as Dragnet and Adam 12, I mean, the, these shows about the LAPD would have advisors on the show. Yeah. And and this appears to still be continuing with this end of watch that you just mentioned. Yeah. There's no way that's not intentional. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Right. Okay. Let's do my number one. And I think it's your number two, maybe. For the big screen? I didn't have mine ranked. Okay. I, I really didn't have mine ranked. All right. Mine are in no particular order. You and I both agree that L.A. Confidential is in our top three. Oh, we could talk about this movie probably just by itself for an hour and a half. Indeed. Indeed. And it's it's my <laughs> it's my number one. L.A. Confidential came out in 1997. It might be my number one, too, actually. Let's, let's just say it is. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, I'll quote you on that. <laughs> L.A. <laughs> LA Confidential came out in 1997. It is based on a book by James Elroy. It, if it fell into a category, it would be called neo-noir. Neo meaning new, mm -hmm. noir meaning that that dark, um, um, that dark type of movie where there's usually a femme fatale, usually a woman who who needs to be rescued from the the heroic male. You know, the noir movies were very popular in the 40s and 50s. Mm -hmm. Well, this is it's set in the 50s, isn't it? It is. Yeah. So this yeah. is neo noir, new noir. That and and Kim Basinger, 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 I don't Basinger, know how, Basinger. I don't. Yeah, I don't know. Kim, <laughs> she plays the femme Kim. fatale. <laughs> you know, and so this is neo noir. What's interesting, and I'm not going to spend a lot of time on this, but this was written, the, it's based on a book by James Elroy. Have you read the book? I have not. Okay. But James Elroy has written extensively on a 1947 unsolved murder that has been referred to in the public as the Black Dahlia. Okay. Are you familiar with that? A little bit. There was a Hollywood starlet who came out from the Midwest somewhere 
and she ended up being murdered in LA, like in, in the, in Hollywood, Mm -hmm. like within view of the Hollywood Hills and her severed body was found near a sidewalk of a, of a new subdivision that was under construction. It was never solved. Hmm. And she, her name was Elizabeth Short, but she was referred to as the Black Dahlia, which Dahlia is a flower that means um, sadness or betrayal. Mm-hmm. So this James Elroy wrote extensively about the Black Dahlia, Elizabeth Short, and this unsolved murder. Well, he also wrote the book L.A. Confidential, in which this movie, okay. also set in L.A., w- was based on. Kind so, of, Kind of a side note, but it's just yeah. funny how little things like that can kind of permeate you know, culture and media. Mm-hmm. Um, and the only reason I say that is because there's a, a, uh, deathcore metal band called the black Dahlia murder. Okay. Well, that I'm sure you've never listened to, I, but I have. Yeah. <laughs> I, no, it's, it's, I, I don't think I have their latest album. No. So. Um, <laughs> the, the, the only reason I bring that up though, is because it's kind of interesting how things like that can kind of permeate media mm-hmm. and culture and be kind of shown in different ways. Right. So, yeah. Okay. What do you like about this movie? It's uh, 1997. Uh, you could watch this movie so many times over and over again, and you will notice different things that you missed every single time. Okay. I've seen this movie probably probably a half dozen times. Mm-hmm. And I mean, it seems like every time I watch it, you know, you pick up on different things. It's very, it's the plot is so intricate there's mm-hmm. so many different parts to it and different characters that have different roles and they have different things going on they have different crossovers and then they all end up incorporated into this same case mm-hmm. um it's just it's so well written and just intricate mm-hmm. it would be the best way i'd describe it big names big names in this movie oh, russell Crowe, kevin spacey kim basinger Bassinger, Bassinger. Ba- i don't know kim danny, kim. danny devito yep and Again, James, I, James Cromwell. Yes. Yeah. I, I don't want to give any spoilers much like you didn't want to with end of watch, but this movie is about heroin, mm-hmm. the sale of heroin, and it's about murder. Yep. And it's about crooked cops and good cops and a cop who has political and uh, aspirations to be, you know, a next city council member and, and maybe the chief of police and a cop who... Maybe isn't the smartest guy in the world, but he works hard. And I, I you're right, Doug. The the it's an, it has an intricate plot. So many of the characters are like different cop stereotypes too, mm-hmm. which is it. It's just super interesting. Mm-hmm. Realistic. Now, you and I have never been police officers in LAPD. Again, this is another LAPD movie, and also not in the 1950s. <laughs> Yes, I was, I was. I was getting to that. I, I'm closer than you are, but yeah, still me. Never the, never the 1950s, and never in LAPD. How, I wonder how realistic this movie is. I don't know. I that's something that I probably can't even speak to because I know, you know, with the, a lot of the issues in it with corruption and the, you know, the different things that the different characters have going on, maybe less than upstanding things that the characters are up to i you know we don't know what lapd was like in the 1950s i mean right well there there was a scene where where two of the cops who started out as mortal enemies and then they ended up working together to 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 catch bad guys towards the end well they get into a fight in this detective interview or conference room and and in the midst of the fight one of them ends up throwing a chair through a window and and you know, they never get in trouble for that. A boss never comes in to break up the fight. Yeah. I mean, there, yeah. there, there's, you know, for the sake of drama and entertainment value, there's probably things that are not realistic. Even for the 50s, yeah. Even for the 50s, right. Yeah. That's right. Cringeworthiness? I can't think of anything. I, you know what, I, I'm going to disagree. I okay, think, I think, I think some of the scenes where, where uh, Kim Bassinger, I'm going to say passenger okay. where she's being all seductive and trying to get, trying to get the one guy into bed with her and stuff like that. It's a little cringy. I think. Agreed. But uh, that, uh, that doesn't have anything to do with the police work though. So that's right. Just as like a movie trope of, she's like barely dressed and he right. walks in and she's like, Oh, I'm just lonely. here. It, yeah. It's a, that's a little cringeworthy, but. And again, it's, it's a neo noir movie and, and the, the, the old noir movies always had, 
a female who needed to be rescued by somebody. Yeah, and, I, and you can you, so, yeah. you can excuse the cringeworthiness because it is a trope of the genre. Right. So right. yeah, it's excusable cringeworthiness. Realis <laughs> realistic, you know, you and I can't speak v real intelligently about it. There's probably some things that are not cringeworthiness. Yeah, I'll give you that. Um, entertainment value. Wow. I probably one of my favorite movies of any category that is probably i would have to agree yeah. yeah it's in my top three movies of all time and i'm gonna go ahead and say it is probably my favorite police movie too we agree yeah cool. yeah all right it's and it's in my top two or three of all time awesome any category so it's definitely a, a movie that you it has a lot of uh rewatchability okay it's not a word I made it up, coined it here, but you you can rewatch that movie a I'll quote, lot. I'll quote you on that. Okay, you're quoting me on a lot of things today. I, you're, you're very quote worthy. <laughs> it's a long movie though. It's isn't that movie that's movie's almost three hours long, isn't I, it? I think so. Yeah. yeah, but uh, it's great. In the time we have left, Doug, I have a very important question for you. What you got? Name a movie if you can that okay. you you loved before being a cop, that now having been a policeman for six years, and change. That you now can't stand. Do you have um, one? Do you have one? I can't think of a movie or a show. Well, as far as show, I yeah, I can't think of a movie. Um, as far as a show, and I know it's kind of breaking one of our rules to mm -hmm. even mention it, but like Criminal Minds. Okay. I when I was in high school, I loved Criminal Minds, mm -hmm. and now I just I can't even watch it. Yeah. It's why. It's very, very cringeworthy. Okay. I mean, and I know we're breaking one of our rules because that movie is about FBI agents. Mm. Um, but I mean, nothing in that show. I've never worked for the FBI, but mm. I've worked in, in Detroit. I, I worked adjacent to some FD, FBI people for a little bit. Mm -hmm. Not not super extensively or anything like that. But um, I, I don't think anything in that show would hardly ever happen mm. ever. Um, it's It's pretty entertaining. But it's very cringeworthy and very unrealistic, and I just I have no interest in watching it anymore. Um, I wonder if that show is the reason why, when I would encounter a young person who's interested in criminal justice, and I would say to him, "Hey, what do you want to do with your criminal justice degree?" They would say, "I want to be a FBI agent profiler." Yes, yeah, because that's what they do. They run around in sexy clothes and they solve interesting cases yeah. and, and they kick doors with no search warrants and they right. the the most realistic thing about that show i think is the fact that fbi agents will go out to scenes wearing jeans a dress shirt and a vest that's meant to go under a shirt over their dress shirt they they do that and they look goofy so mine <laughs> here's mine because i'm the dad i'm the old guy mine is lethal weapon with <laughs> um Mel Gibson and Danny Glover loved the show as a kid, loved the show in college. It's not a show, it's a movie. Loved it in college. Might have even loved it when I first became a police officer. And the longer I was a cop and when I would watch it and I would see them just kill bad guys with impunity and then never <laughs> sit down at a computer and type a police report drove me insane and still drives me insane i can't watch the i cannot watch the movie today lethal weapon yeah awful <laughs> did you have did you have any more movies you wanted to touch on i do not i'm we we covered my list okay uh i had one more but i mean for time we could probably forego it unless you want to talk about it that's all right what, whatever you want uh it's uh uh the departed have you ever seen that one i have seen it it's pretty good movie it's typical martin scorsese you need a you need a, a Excel spreadsheet to follow right, it. It's yeah. so complicated. <clears throat> yeah. Kind of, who's who's the guy who did Reservoir Dogs? Um, everything he does in, in reverse. Um, That's not Tarantino, is yeah, it? Yeah, Tarantino. Oh, okay. Scorsese and Tarantino. Complicated movies, but yeah. go ahead. Uh, we'll, we'll be quick on The Departed just because I think pretty much everybody in the United States has probably seen that movie. Um, the Departed has Leonardo DiCaprio, Matt Damon, Jack Nicholson. It's got a lot of big names in it. Mark Wahlberg. Um, but it's another one that's like a real big conspiracy, hard to follow plot, very intricate, um, where you got one cop who's secretly working for the, the crime boss. Um, and then another guy who's undercover, he is a cop, but he's undercover with the crime boss and they're both trying to figure out who each other are. Uh, very entertaining. Um, as far as realism, I don't even know if it really, 
I don't even know if I can rank it on the realism side because it's such a like specific set of circumstances that like given that set of circumstances, I don't know what a police department would do. Right. Like <laughs> it involves the Massachusetts state police. Yeah. As yeah. well as the FBI. Yeah. And, and we don't want to spoil it for anyone, but, but there is an undercover FBI agent involved in it or, or not an agent, a snitch. Yeah. For the FBI. Yeah. But the Massachusetts state police is heavily involved in this show. Yeah. There's a guy who's associated with the crime boss and he ends up becoming a cop for purposes of helping the crime boss. But then they have a cop who goes undercover with the crime boss. Right. And the cops know that there's a that there's a bad guy who's in with the cops and the bad guy knows there's a cop who's in with them and they're both trying to like figure out who each other are. Yeah. I that's such a weird, like, specific set of circumstances. As yeah. far as realism, I I don't know. Probably not. Probably, Probably. no. There's, but. A, there's a scene where one of the guys is tipping off the cops, and he's, he's texting in his pocket without even being able to see the screen. And I'm just like, oh, come on. You know, I, yeah. I don't know. Yeah. It's... Uh, it's entertaining. Realistic, probably not at all. Right. Cringeworthy, also not at all, though. Mm. Um, and entertainment i mean that's great movie yeah. awesome movie very yeah. entertaining it's definitely entertaining it's in my top three i would say it's probably three though it's probably if i had to put them in order it's definitely under la confidential probably under under uh, end of watch great movie though okay hey can we do a quick summary here sure do you want to touch oh. real quick on some of the the reality stuff just briefly oh, like yeah. cops and live pd stuff yeah. like that go ahead go ahead i the only one i've ever watched is cops okay and, and you know uh, I'm kind of ashamed to say this, but when I was a young criminal justice student at yeah. Michigan State University, a bunch of us criminal justice students would get together on Saturday night and we would sit around and watch cops. <laughs> and, yeah. I, cops is like, I don't know. I loved watching it when I wanted to be a cop, but before I became one, and then I became a cop and I'm like, I do this at work. Like, why, why do I want to go home and watch right, this? Right, right. I mean, it's, I mean, it's real. Like it's actual camera crews that go mm -hmm. with cops. So, I mean, as far as realism, I'd say, you know, it, it's been on for so long that as far as the realism, you have to almost consider like which season you're watching, like what time period it is. Cause right. obviously things change through time and police work, but sure. procedures. Yeah. yeah. Uh, mm -hmm. the most unrealistic part about it is they don't then show the cops typing reports after <laughs> right and they don't show them driving around for hours and hours doing, right doing nothing they show the action right and it's like okay but are you gonna sh are you gonna show on tv okay now he has to type for three hours right or go to the barking dog complaint for the seventh time that same night so yeah. it's it's real stuff but it you know it picks and chooses for for views sure. which which is fine because mm -hmm. i think everybody pretty much understands that at this point the show's been on for so long what's a more recent realistic show that maybe you've watched or maybe you've heard of. I, I is there one called Live PD? Yeah, or, yeah. Or, it's basically. I, I don't think I've ever watched it, but it, I, I believe it's basically the same thing. With mm. the main difference being they have multiple camera crews mm. with it with different departments, and they almost have like almost like anchors. And I think they do it live, and the anchors like when something's happening, they'll be like, "Okay, now we're gonna go to, I don't know." Phoenix, Arizona PD, they're out on on this, so let's check in with them and see what they got going on, and they'll cut to that camera. So I think they have simultaneous camera crews, and they'll kind of jump back and forth between them. Got it. So I think sometimes that is a little more realistic or at least a more accurate representation of a cop's day mm -hmm. because sometimes they'll be like, uh, oh, this, this unit in uh, such and such department is on a traffic stop. Let's check in with them. And it might just be a normal traffic stop where they might just – cut them a ticket and go okay. or sometimes they'll turn into like a foot pursuit or something like that i haven't really watched it extensively so i could be uh it could be a little off from what i understand though that's how it works so it's a little more of an accurate representation but at the end of the day it's basically the same thing as cops camera crew rolling around with actual police officers okay. so but yeah a since being any a cop other, any other realistic show re what's the word i'm looking for any other shows you want to talk about in that that category that um uh, I don't think so. I think okay. those are the two main ones that kind of everybody knows. But yeah, since being a cop, there's nothing wrong with them. Mm -hmm. But since being a cop, I don't really have any interest in watching it. Right. Um, I definitely liked watching it when I knew I wanted to be a cop, but mm -hmm. wasn't one yet. So 
Okay, by way of summary here, in, in the shows and in the movies that we discussed, we have several states that were represented. Minnesota, yep. North Dakota, South Dakota, Missouri, Louisiana, a ton from California. Lots. <clears throat> Massachusetts, New York, and Arizona. So those are the states that were represented in our shows. Can you guess what the the most appearances by a police department was? I think that we know that it's LAPD. Five times. In five different big screen and small screen shows. Yeah, of, of had, the six, uh, well, not six because we had a couple overlaps. Right. So I think 10 of the 10 different shows and movies that we brought up, I think, yeah, five, five of them were five LAPD. Five were LAPD, yeah. yeah. We had seven city police departments represented, three state police agencies, Massachusetts, Louisiana, and California Highway Patrol. Yep. And that was from um, Fargo, one of the one of the seasons you didn't see. Which one? I don't know which department. I mean, which department? California Highway Patrol. Uh yeah. Uh, no, that's uh, that's season two of True Detective. You're right. Yeah. You're right. Right. Uh, two county sheriff departments or offices and uh, the feds from Tombstone, U.S. Marshals. Mm-hmm. So and and the Departed a little bit. That's right. Yeah. Yep. 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 Uh, the biggest agency represented in our shows was what yep. do you think? LAPD? No. The, the, when I say biggest, I don't mean the greatest number that were represented, but the biggest agency itself as far as manpower goes. I was still going to guess LAPD. New York. Barney Miller. Oh, yeah, that's right. Over they have, 30, they have like 30,000 cops. cops. Yeah. California Highway Patrol was the largest state agency with over 11,000 cops. And mm-hmm. the Ventura County Sheriff's Office, which I think was from season two, of True Detective. That sounds right. Has over 1,300 deputies. Okay. Mm-hmm. Your top small screen show was? True Detective, season one, hands right? down. Yep. Your top big screen show was? Uh, LA Confidential. Right. For me, it was LA Confidential for the big screen. We yep. tied on that. Yep. And Bernie Miller for the small screen. All right. Where we were in agreement, we had True Detective season one and LA Confidential. Yeah, we definitely covered some some real good ones. There's a lot of other ones that like I've never seen and probably never will see right. because I just have no interest in them. Like some of the newer ones, I know there's a I want to say it's like an NBC show or something like that called The Rookie. Hmm. Like I've seen previews for it. I stuff like that. Just I no interest at all whatsoever. Yeah. So yeah. we can't speak to it. It you know what? Right. I'll say it. It looks stupid. <laughs> well, if you're listening right now. We're talking now, about the good ones here. Right. Yeah. If you're listening, and thank you again for listening, you you might be thinking, well, what about, well, chime in on our Facebook page. Yeah, leave us a comment. Chime in on our Instagram account. We, we'd love to hear ones that you think we missed or that you think we should give a listen to. Yeah. Maybe these, we'll, are, these are just our favorites. That's right. That's right. So. All right, Doug. Well, what do you think? Should we um, plug our social media again? Or Yeah. Uh, you can find us on Facebook. We are the Cop House Podcast there. Uh, Twitter and Instagram, we are at Cop House Podcast. And you can find us wherever you listen to podcasts, be that Apple, Spotify, Amazon. And to our brothers and sisters out there who are pushing a police car around or you're working an investigative unit, please be careful out there. Be safe, everybody. Bye.